1: The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Friday edition of The Drive. A big weekend, a lot going on. And uh, we'd love for you to join in as we uh, preview and uh, take a look at the upcoming weekend here on The Friday Drive. It's Bill, Dan, and Drew, the regular crew,
2: here in the WOW Business Studio. That's right. You can get the speed you need. With Wow for Business, visit Wowforbusiness.com to find out more. Our number one of
0: the drive brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and Kia of Auburn dot com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one, and also the sponsor of our hotline where we welcome guests when they can't be with us in the studio and your phone calls, questions, and comments. And the number to get you through is
2: 334-321-1390. You can also text the show 334-564-1840 on the drive text box courtesy of our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. So today, let's see, it is day two of the Masters. And
0: uh, Scotty Scheffler uh, right now with a one-stroke lead over Charles Schwartzel and uh, Sanjay M., uh, M, who was what like four under yesterday, uh, is is one back today. I, I ha- haven't seen what has happened in the last oh twenty minutes plus trying to get here, um, but it hasn't been a great day too for the tiger uh, as as he well he birdied eight to get him to two to three over for the day and that. Put him at two over for the tournament. He was two over for the tournament, three over for
2: the day, through nine today. Great, great day for the defending champion, uh, Matsuyama, who's now uh, just uh, two strokes off the lead, uh, looking for a a, a second straight Masters. I think that if he were to be in the hunt, Bill, uh, tomorrow and Sunday, I I have to imagine there'd be a contingent looking to see a back-to-back, wanting to see uh, Matsuyama uh, pull it off and win a second straight uh, tournament, yeah, uh, in, in in especially Augusta.
0: those who have really appreciated his meal from the other day. Oh, we sure, I oh Yeah, too, I, well,
2: the, yeah the the, the clubhouse <laughs> the clubhouse might be rooting for him as well. But
0: you know, if if you have been outside any today, that's what's going on in Augusta. And the later the afternoon goes, the more difficult it is going to be because the wind continues to pick up in Augusta, so it's going to affect. It's going to affect the flight of the golf ball an awful lot.
2: One of the golfers I liked uh, earlier in the week, who is not, uh, you know, he's he's not at the top of the leaderboard, but he's in the clubhouse under par uh, for the uh, uh, for the first two days, and I, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him make a move tomorrow. I'd say watch out for Colin Morikawa, a golfer who uh, started, you know, he he was uh, did not start the tournament. Uh, very well, but he's uh, he played well down the stretch and is now uh, just a, a one under uh, into the uh, into the clubhouse. Watch out for uh, Morikawa, one of the one of the young stars of golf, uh, to uh, to maybe make a push tomorrow.
0: Now your top fifty, including ties, make the cut. Uh, so I mean things look uh, things look pretty safe for for. Um you know for for tiger especially yeah tiger is still two over i like uh, uh, through 11 i like
2: tony fino uh, going into the tournament too he's at even par uh, so he'll he'll uh, he'll still be there uh, tomorrow it looks like so uh, patrick Cantley did not have a uh, he, he had a tough he had a tough day today and he's well think, nobody's uh, running away
0: I mean nobody. Nobody's a, put oh, I think particular
2: scores here. I think if you're under par uh, yes. <laughs> for, after after two rounds of this thing, uh, you've you've got a great shot. You know, if you can play well tomorrow, well they're uh, they're only 15 exactly under par. I mean, so so if you're if you're in that list, I mean, you feel like maybe maybe your name isn't uh, maybe you're not Scheffler or maybe you're not one stroke away from Scheffler, uh, but you can still make that up uh, pretty uh, not not easily, uh, but pretty quickly uh, with a uh, w- with a couple of uh, of solid holes. So I would say, yeah, we're in the we're we're not. Like you said, we're not having anyone run away with this thing, mm-hmm. and some familiar names uh, could be in the hunt uh, tomorrow and Sunday, which is exactly what CBS wants, and uh, and exactly what golf fans want. So yeah, look, looking ahead, uh, look, looking forward uh, to uh, to two uh, really uh, uh, really exciting days in Augusta.
0: Yeah, so uh, so we'll keep you updated on round two of the Masters. We're here at the start of a big weekend here uh, locally with a day tomorrow. And uh if we get a chance we'll let you hear interviews with a couple of players earlier. Players that we haven't we haven't in the past had much opportunity. To talk Should to I you.
2: should I put my press hat on tomorrow and do some do some media do some media ing at, at at a day? Should I go and ask some questions? And you know, I'm I'm not I'm not the most active member of um, the of the pool, but I am. on Usually,
0: the... you're usually busy with after the game.
2: I, I am, but I I could go tomorrow, and I might tag along with uh, with you when we go uh, gather some uh, gather, gather some some questions. I can't imagine they will a... be checking credentials that uh that that towel. You think so? Oh yes. Oh really? I, I had to pick mine up. Do they today. know? Do they know that I'm Dan Peck from the the, I, the drive I, with... I, Bill Cameron, the, I, the, I don't Kirk, know. Kirk knows me. We'll we'll he see does. if we can. Well, I don't know. Tom to ask Joe Champy. You know, Joe, Joe's Joe's yeah. a listener. Right? Might might should have checked before four o'clock on Friday. But, <laughs> well, you uh, know, I was on the fence. You know, if I look, if I just got to text you the questions, you know, we'll we'll, we'll do it that way. And for, I'll text Justin the uh, the, the questions to uh, to ask. But uh, looking uh, looking forward to tomorrow. Any uh, you know, a question that that we've asked. Several of our guests this week, and you can check out podcasts of the drive wherever you listen to podcasts. If you missed any of our guests, good week to to listen to the podcast, right? If you want more info oh, yeah. about eight eight, if you want more mm-hmm. info about 8, eight tomorrow, you can listen to what Brian Matthews, uh, Jason Caldwell, and Justin Ferguson all had to say. Sort of projecting uh, what they want to or, or hope to see uh, tomorrow. Um, seems like when we when we ask about players or positions that are uh, under a, a great deal of scrutiny or in the spotlight, somewhat, passing game keeps coming up, right? Receivers, quarterback. Yeah, I mean that—that's because <clears throat> you don't have
0: as many proven. You just don't have as many proven folks at, the, at either of those spots.
2: I'm intrigued by running back beyond Tank Bigsby. It's something that you know we've heard some different names in the news in the last couple of weeks. Uh, defensively, I think you could make a case for why. I mean, stop me if I'm wrong, Bill. Could you make a case for why there's there's intrigue at every position? On this team right now, either between uh, the the numbers or some of the starters coming back, and how good uh, they could possibly be with the decision. I mean, Auburn had a couple of guys make a decision to play another year of college football that could really matter uh, for this uh, for for this defense.
0: Oh, I, I think and, you, and you oh, could, there's I, intrigue in every position. On, uh, yeah, I was going to say I think on both sides of the ball, a lot of guys who could have, uh, and, and and I think a lot of people thought they would. In their college careers, I've uh, decided to come back. So. I
2: hope folks and you know, look, it's not, it's not a totally selfless thing because there are benefits to being a college football player. But I hope folks understand, like how I mean, Colby wouldn't, and I, I think to an extent, Owen Papo, Derek Hall, and, and Derek Hall. I mean, Owen has the injury, so you know, there, mm-hmm. there's certainly you no know, benefits for Owen to playing another year of college football. Colby wouldn't you know he he could have gone after last season and and tested the oh, waters yes. of the NFL draft and he could have been you know one of the guys finding out in a couple of weeks which NFL team uh wanted him and for him to decide to play another year of college football i think it's really meaningful and I, and i hope folks appreciate like how and and realize what that means i
0: mean it's yeah. it's not and and these guys could have played anywhere. With the transfer portal, they could have that played too, anywhere. You're right. That's that, that is that's a couple of things. One, they, they they felt like they had some things to improve themselves, but I, I think it does say a lot that some of these fifth, sixth year seniors who are leaders of the team, are coming back to Auburn, and that tells you how much they have bought in to
2: Brian Harson and his coaching staff 's vision yeah, I think it 's a really meaningful i mean it, and maybe more than just a gesture, you know a really meaningful decision mm-hmm. by these guys to not uh, like you said either either play their college football somewhere else or try the NFL draft out to decide instead uh, to uh, to play at Auburn for another year yeah i think it's um it 's especially the guys to say nothing of the players who could have could have ended their careers after last year and have decided to play another year of college football, but but we singled out Colby and and Derek and again to an extent Owen right because it it feels those imp- those, those aren't guys that would have any trouble
0: drawing interest from other schools well, or if they wanted to go in the NFL. playing a lot or you're right or or entering you know entering the the uh, the NFL draft and and getting I mean th- those guys. Aren't well? Maybe they'll be lucky enough to hook on as a an undrafted player. Yeah, agent. no, and, those and maybe guys would they'll. Have
2: been I mean, maybe they'll. You know, they'll benefit from another year of college football. I mean, that's that's not. To, it's not to say it's a totally selfless thing, but I do think it's really meaningful that uh, that Owen and Derek and Colby decided to play another year at Auburn University, mm-hmm. and I really hope folks. I mean, I guess the word is appreciate, right, Bill? Like, I mean, I guess I, I hope folks right. really appreciate, like, uh, you know, wh- what that means and the significance of it. And if Auburn isn't, you know, if, if if Auburn's okay or better next year in college football, it might have a lot to do with the fact that they have guys like that playing defense for them this year because there are questions you know, a lot, lot of them on the offensive end. So, uh, no, I, I I agree. I think it's a yeah. I think it's a really it's a really meaningful thing, and and I can't wait to see. We're talking more about players that have a lot to prove or position groups where there's uncertainty. We're not talking so much about kind of your rock solid pieces of this defense, but the fact that Colby and Derek and Owen Papo decided to come back and play another year of college football for Auburn is, I mean, it it does it's it changes things on that defense and maybe changes the ceiling of how good this team can be. Oh, I
0: agree. And then the, uh, the weekend gets started here locally with Auburn hosting Vandy in a top 25 matchup. Auburn number 25, Vandy number 12 coming in. And uh, boy, I mean, you look all through the series, there's not a starter with an ERA over four for either team. So, I mean, looking forward to that, this wild wind, I wonder how that is going to play tonight over at uh, Sanford Stadium, Hitchcock Field at Plainsman Park. But, I mean, that's going to be, I think that's going to be fun. It's great that there is a home baseball series with A-Day as well. got a 6 o'clock game tonight, tomorrow 4 o'clock, which should be in plenty of time. Remember, spring games rarely, rarely last more than a couple of hours. Uh, and and I can't imagine this one is going to going to do much more than that. So you should have plenty of time if you want uh, to stick around for the entire eight a game, and then uh, see how much baseball you can check out. Um, I, I'm sure there's still there's still some room. They'll sell tickets till there's not, but then there will be room outside somewhere outside the fences.
2: Up in the, up on and, the parking deck, and generally that's, that's one of the better crowds of the year, right? Oh. When Auburn plays a home game, the it, same. It's Saturdays. been years though. Yeah, it's, it's been a few years. I, since I'm thinking Auburn's back had to baseball. I'm thinking back to when I was a student. It felt like it was every Saturday. I mean, or every every eight day Saturday was. I loved, uh, uh, Yeah, and I love that. Now, who, who would need to make? Who would need to take charge and make that happen? Would it need to be the football department? Yeah, it would, at because baseball the schedule's you, already set.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, the, ba- the the baseball
2: schedule set by the, the baseball time baseball schedule is
0: set before the a day date is set
2: exactly. Yes. So you'd need to if you wanted to set it on a on a Saturday with a home game, you would need to find a base. You'd need to check you know cross reference it with the baseball schedule. It felt like Bill maybe, and again not to not to lay the blame on anybody. No, it but felt like... like Auburn Auburn felt. They they wanted it to be exclusive. Just yeah, days, maybe it maybe it was like. a, maybe it was a concentrated decision because it felt like during the Tuberville years, mm-hmm. every year, you know, it just so happened that, that baseball uh, played a home game on the same Saturday as as a day. But yeah, yeah. I hope folks get the opportunity to go not just to the game tomorrow, but also if they want to stick around and check out the baseball team uh, for the first time this year, or uh, go to uh, a baseball game as they usually do. It's a great time to uh, to do it. It sounds like, as you said, the weather may weather may be cooperating. Oh, yes. The weather's going to be, uh, it's, it's going to be
0: sunny. It's going to be cool and breezy, but there's no chance of rain. I mean, very, very small chance of rain for the entire weekend. Sunday looks like it's going to warm back up and be and be even nicer. But, uh, yeah, looks like a, a good weekend for baseball. Speaking of baseball, we'll let you hear Butch Thompson, his preview uh, of the Auburn-Vandy series. Uh, again, your calls come first though we'd love for you to join in 334-321-1390 we'll get to our first break just underway here on the friday edition of the drive
1: let's get back to the drive the Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Silicaga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
0: welcome back into the drive here on this friday afternoon bill and dan here in the wild business studio drew at the controls um yes as i said i mean a, a big weekend auburn softball on the road at number 10 arkansas so i mean uh um a lot going on but here yes the uh you got the baseball football doubleheader, if you will tomorrow and then baseball all weekend so uh so, yes, looking looking forward to that. We'd love for you to join in. Uh, anything you want to talk about sports-wise, and we'll
2: keep you up on
0: the... Uh on the
2: Masters, Josh Donaldson hitting a walk-off single in his first game as oh, a New York Yankee, and
0: in one of the yes, I can't stand them putting runners on second base. So both teams, the Red Sox and Yankees, scored a run that goes down as unearned that shouldn't have mattered. And the Yankees could have won it five four, but they win it six
2: five. That's right. The Yankees win the game six five on a uh, on the ghost the ghost runner on second, right? <laughs> Winning the uh... it's not a ghost runner. Ghost runner is what you do when you don't have any play people at all. Remember
0: that's what you that's used right. to do when you were playing like wiffle. Ball and stuff. They need a good name. Ghost runner at first goes, the, Oh, that he would have scored on that one. Yeah. no, no. It's so got to be a real. It's like person. a bonus, a bonus base runner. It's, right, don't the don't bonus what, runner. I don't know what they call it, but uh, the jackpot. The Jack Jack Goodness, they're going to call it quits at the end of this year. It's only there for this year. For some reason, why did they keep it just for? this I believe
2: year? it had to do with the abbreviated spring training and, and so, think, so thinking that maybe what, you
0: need to get a little more work for that guy who made the last out of the ninth. No, think, thinking I mean,
2: that what? thinking they don't want to have long long because there was well, the if Donaldson doesn't hit the walk off. It's going to the eleventh. Right, but but there's the I think the entire the entire thing's based around the the belief that you can end games uh, faster. Yeah, if well, you start with a runner on you know, second.
0: You know, I, I don't know. I heard some conversation about this, I mean, we can get into this. and I'd love our listeners to call too. Baseball is not a game about time. It shouldn't be. Uh, I mean, baseball is the only untimed
2: sport. Well, tennis isn't. isn't but timed. but. I mean, I, no, I really, tight, look, we're, we're, I mean, you know, we're, we're not going to argue about this. I'm, I'm right there with no, you. I mean, what? well,
0: what, what I wonder is do
2: I, I, I heard the TV networks.
0: I heard, yeah, I, I heard Doug and, and somebody talking about this, the difference he was saying, golf time. the other person said, well, golf is on time. But the thing is golf tournaments, you have multiple people playing. And when you're watching, it doesn't seem like it's slow. Because as soon as somebody hits the ball and while they're walking, you're seeing somebody else hit the ball. In baseball, I guess the only way you could do this where it would seem the same in baseball is if you had, like, the red zone. And baseball's got their their version of that. I think baseball. Where you're always seeing the action. People complain that there's not action. All, there's not action all the time in golf. But you're seeing multiple players. Because if you go to a tournament and you're standing in the gallery on
2: one hole, there's not a whole lot of action while you're there for hours and hours. I think it do, it can seem slow if you don't know what you're watching, right? Like if you don't, if you can't appreciate, you know, the whether it's the the performance of the pitcher on the mound or, uh, you know, what, what's going. Like that's that to me is where, I, I mean. I also don't worry about... Sometimes pitchers can take a very long time between pitchers. Hey, I'm and I'm, I'm,
0: I'm all for putting clocks
2: on okay, pitchers and yeah.
0: keeping batters in the
2: box. But as far I'm as, all for that. But as far as shortening the game in ways no, no, where no. you... To, no, no, no the I, only
0: I, way The only way you're going to shorten the time of a of, of baseball is to
2: shorten the number
0: of innings. Exactly. And don't do that. No, no. It's, That'd
2: be like, okay, we're going to start playing three quarters but it instead seems, of four now. it seems like the desire is, and again, not to speak for well, like... Well, the, they want it
0: fast-paced. Well, it well, fast-paced.
2: They, well, they, well, not just... Not just Fast pace, but I think they also want it over in a shorter period of time, to where then you can maybe put a second one on TV, or you can get to something else like, oh yeah, like like like
0: football gets over shorter. football's getting longer and longer too. Yeah, are people complaining about that?
2: There have been well, there have been some steps, but there have been steps to try to shorten the length of football games too, right? I mean, you saw since they got to four hours, yeah, they finally. But I mean, they used to
0: be three hours, like the Oscars. They got up close to four, (laughs) and now they're back to three and a half. Baseball. Is in that three and a half range it used to be three you know just i guess what you could do is say okay uh if you want it you if you want it short like it was back in the back in way way back, okay. No relievers. Pitchers gotta, you gotta finish unless, <laughs> unless you're, unless you're going on the injured list. So you just, no, you know what? It just becomes a battle. that's what they did. It I become, mean, you know, it, becomes, it used to be uh, sort
2: of a badge of honor. It was like an embarrassment if you didn't complete a game. It becomes a battle of attrition. Like the team that when the pitcher can't go anymore. Yeah, like That team, right. that team loses. That team loses. It. I don't know if they're going to go that no, far, I, but I, I don't think I'm, they will. I'm th- you know what? First weekend of a full slate of Major League Baseball games. Can't wait. Probably going to do at the, at the very least some listening to a couple of the uh, great local teams they have all over the country uh, who uh, who are calling these uh, oh, yeah. these games. Euchre. Who's better? Who's better, who's better than? Uh, the the, the nuker up in uh, and he's back. Think, there was a question as to whether he was going to be back. I'm a big year. Charlie Steiner fan. Uh, the guy doing a yeah. uh, great job in L. A. Who used to be on the uh, used to be on Sports Center. Right. Uh, people remember back in the day. Um uh, By the way, Joe Davis. Uh Did you see the news about? Oh uh, yeah, he's he's moving on up. Joe Joe Davis, former voice of the Montgomery Biscuits, and right. uh, you know now uh because uh, because uh Joe Buck's gone to ES. Buck and Aikman going to we yeah. haven't talked about any of the shakeups no, there, haven't. but I mean th- this is some some probably the most significant broadcasting changes we're seeing in uh, football or in network TV in quite some time. Joe Buck leaving Fox after Mm -hmm. nearly 30 years uh, he's gonna go do Monday Night Football with Troy Aikman. Uh, Brian Greasy's got like a position coach job somewhere now. He I left. Mean, he left just Monday ought to Night. Bring
0: Brock back as as a as a play by. We'll see. Hank, you know, Hank Azaria.
2: Ah! Hey, he's already a Fox guy with the yeah. Simpsons. I yeah, mean, he just have to. You know, it's just another office down from from wherever he records. Uh, that,
0: that that would that would uh, give you some different demographics. You know,
2: Harry Shearer's got some play by play experience too. He did. Uh, you know, he's done a couple movies as a play by play guy. Does a yeah. a great Vince Scully impression. Yeah, just hire the Simpsons guys to take over as the as the play-by-play team for uh no but it's going to be it's going to be joe davis uh taking uh i believe it's going to be joe davis and john smoltz on the world right, series the main fox yeah. the, the, ma- the main fox team and right. uh I, I think he's going to also have a, a primary role in uh in football broadcasting uh for uh, for fox as well so yeah great great news for uh for a guy who uh, who got started uh, down in uh, down in montgomery Ab- absolutely very cool uh tough opener for the braves yesterday uh, you watch as, out for the Reds,
0: right? I don't know about that, but um, 161 left. That's right. That, that's that's the thing. You have to tamp tamp it down a little bit for uh, for folks that aren't familiar with baseball and go. Oh, what a tough loss. Like, yeah, I don't think they'll go 0 and 162. I don't think the Reds will go 162 and 0. But um, but yeah, it's all. Did you see that the status five of the last six uh, World Champs have lost their season over Is that the right? Year, so Ooh. it's not unusual. Of course, how many how many defending how many back-to-back champs
2: have we had, too? Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I mean, it's been been a while since. Uh, so, I mean, has on one hand,
0: panel. it's not that bad. On the other hand, it's like, well, but that hasn't turned the, into them. Are the
2: Yankees the last team to defend their championship in the World Series? Would it be back wow, in the way back. back? Back in the yeah, I mean the the, like the turn of the century Yankees. Man, like if that, that. If if that's the case, that because the Red Sox have won several, but I don't think they've won back-to-back in mm-hmm. any of those in any of those years, and I feel like. We've had maybe did the Astros repeat as World Series champions? I'm getting yeah, shaking their head there. The Dodgers only won once, and it felt like the Dodgers kept losing to different teams in the uh, in in the World Series during that run. So I would think the last baseball team to defend their championship would be the uh, the the New York Yankees of the early 2000s, like the 99 2000 Yankees. But and that was part of a a three peat actually. But I mean the Uh, the Royals was oh, the Royals in right? 14 and 15. I t- you know what I totally forgot that I mean I mean yeah the Royals didn't No no win. no no wait no the Royals lost in 14 yeah. they lost to the Giants in 14. Yeah so no. And the Giants won 3 but none of those were back to back cuz those were all the in Giants even... won every other year. Yeah remember? the Giants won in even that, right. even numbered years after Barry Bonds retired. So yeah that's a uh, uh, that, that's that's something we've had a lot of de- so so the uh, so recent history suggests that the Braves have a tough road but that doesn't really matter as far as I mean whether or not you can uh, you know I mean that, that's 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 not really stopping the Braves from uh, pulling off the uh, the repeat they just have to find a way back to the World Series you know against uh, what, what is a pretty yeah. wide pretty wide open it's, National League right now.
0: Yeah, so the last time it was it was the Yankees in 98, 99 and 2000. That's right, a nearly last time that anybody has repeated. And
2: very nearly 2001. That's the yep. date that's that Yankees Diamondback series mm-hmm. that comes down Randy to the Randy and Kurt Schilling. Comes down to Lee the Gonzalez. final Gonzales, yeah. yeah. Mar- Mariano Rivera against Gonzalez yeah. there at the very end of the game. Uh Former South Alabama, he was a South Alabama Jaguar. Did you know that Luis Gonzalez? Yeah, absolutely. That's right. Played. He played at Stanky Field back yes, in the uh, back in yes, the day. Very, very cool. Uh, and and dated
0: uh, dated dated a girl who used to work in
2: local radio, working radio here in in Auburn, Opelika. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> He's. All right. He, I want to say he's doing something with the Diamondbacks. He's now. a really either, good guy. He's either on the yeah, on I the think, radio. I believe or, he is
0: in the, he's in the organization. I don't know exactly um, what he's doing, but I know he was one of the he was one of the all time. He probably here. could probably
2: still play a corner for him
0: right now. The way that, the way I had a nice swing, Well He had a nice left handed left handed stroke. Um, yeah, so a little baseball talk. Like we said, don't you know, don't be concerned. Senior
2: advisor thing. to the president and CEO there we is, go. His, uh, is his title for the Arizona Diamondbacks. So, yeah. yeah, probably, you know, doing a lot of team ambassador stuff, and, uh, and and they're taking advantage of the fact that, I mean, in the short history of that organization, I mean, short short list of guys that have made a bigger impact than uh, than, than Luis Gonzalez. 334-321-1390.
0: Mm-hmm. Three, 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 one, That's the number to get you through to the drive. The Kia of Auburn Hotline. Speaking of baseball, when we come back, um, we'll let you hear some of the uh, interview the media had with Auburn coach Butch Thompson, his Tigers ranked number 25, hosting the 12th ranked Vanderbilt Commodores. Vandy struggling for them. They've lost back-to-back series, come in 21-7 and overall, but 4-5 in conference play. Auburn's 20-9 and 5-4 in SEC play so we'll get to our bottom of the hour break again we'd love for you to join in uh, just a quarter of the way done here on the Friday edition of the Drive with Bill and Dan uh, we'll, we'll uh, play some baseball uh, with, with uh, Butch Thompson and then a little later if we have an opportunity we'll let you hear interviews with Auburn tight end Luke Deal and Edge Eku Leota so stick with us Plenty of time for you to join in here on the Friday Drive.
1: The Drive. (laughs) The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Silicaga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502 or email us at TheDrive at ESPNAU.com.
0: Welcome back into the drive here on this Friday afternoon, Bill and Dan here in the wild business studio drew at the controls. And again, we'd love for you to join in what, you know, what will you be looking for tomorrow, uh, at the a day game? What would you like to see? But what, uh, what players are you going to be looking for anything you want to talk about sports wise? Let's see. Scotty Scheffler, um, mm. with a birdie on 11 is now two strokes ahead At 5-under as he goes to 13, a quartet behind him. That sounds like, uh, you know, no, he's not fronting a band or anything. But no, he's four four golfers at 3-under. Scotty Scheffler
2: and the next four are going to be opening. under pars. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And And the, the birdies. Scotty Scheffler and the birdies. No, so that, uh, you got uh, Lowry, Schwartzl, M., and Neiman uh, underneath uh, or, or right, right behind Scheffler on the leaderboard at uh, three under, uh, chasing. A, I mean, now, now it's a question of how much damage can Scheffler do right. before he goes in because, I mean, if this thing, if the lead, if the lead grows substantially, I mean, you're, you start to limit the number of people you think can really make a comeback barring a Scotty Scheffler collapse. And, I mean, he's play, playing really, really well right now.
0: We're down to uh, just 13 golfers under par uh, as well. While Scheffler is playing really well in this wind, it is causing problems for the golfers who are who are still out there. All right, uh, as we mentioned earlier this week, Butch Thompson spending a few minutes with the media as the Tigers get ready to host the Vanderbilt Commodores tonight over at uh, Sanford Stadium, Hitchcock Field at Plainsman Park. And we thought we'd let you listen to some of those comments.
3: Just another weekend in the SEC, right? It's like, uh, hey, what's, what's next for us, Johnny? It's, uh, it's playing the you know, national runner-up and then going to the national champion the next two weeks. But all focus is on Vanderbilt. And to be honest, uh, one of the way I tip my hat the most to the Vanderbilt program is, is far back the last five, six, seven years, I think it's been one of the most difficult teams to prepare for in SEC play. Uh, they just have been so good in every category. They're 21-7 overall. Um, they got off to a great start in SEC play. I know they had a tough series last weekend, but it's probably, arguably, the best pitching staff we've seen top to bottom in uh, going into week four of SEC play. Uh, two of the fastest runners in the country. I think of uh, Bradfield Jr. and I think of Boz uh, uh, there. And just some talented guys in the middle of their line Dominic Keaton comes to mind. So the running game, much like prepared for Texas A&M, uh, a pitching staff, which we think may exceed any pitching staff we've seen to date for a weekend series, and, and just capable athletes from top to bottom in their lineup. And it really seemed like it's been that way. There's also some nuances and stuff. The little things in the game, uh, the bunting, not just the running, the action. When they play on turf and they're so skilled at, at doing some finer points of the game, uh, we have to be more prepared probably to face Vanderbilt else on our schedule this season and yet, here you sit five and four second in the west and uh, what would be like from, what you see from your team we've just been fighting and it's just good to be home they one of the two road series we've made a big deal out of it but it is a big deal in this league so uh, but that doesn't really matter or go into this weekend and we have to reset we have to get prepared for like we talked about a good Vanderbilt team uh, you know our three starters have got to do good work. Burke Alter, hopefully we get a chance to get him in the ball game when it matters most with the lead. Uh, and our offense, I, I think they're up for the challenge. When I talk about the Vanderbilt pitching staff, uh, our, our pitcher, or our hitters, our offense needs to be up for for the challenge. You know the, the one deficit to our ball club from um, recapping the LSU series is Josh Hall, who made a a great catch in game one, and we're going to be without his services for an extended period of time. So um, other than that, our club's kind of put together and kind of ready to go in the same formation. And, you know, what does that create? Josh is a great runner, and really he's providing something for us defensively, even late in the ball game like he was used in that LSU game one. Uh, so a little we'll reshubble of the deck there, but uh, we're excited to really come out here at Plainsman Park with uh, the a day game. Sellouts and all that comes with that, but it's really about getting this team prepared to uh, to play great basketball. You feel like for maybe the first time in two years that your pitching staff's almost starting to settle in a little bit to to kind of define roles that you've been searching for for a while? Well, I think consistency means something. It's like we're not wondering, even our fans aren't wondering, like if we get to a certain point in the game, they see somebody roll out of the bullpen, I think they know who it's going to be. Uh, to see see some consistency although it was gonzalez's first outing our core fans know him um, you know he brings something we know who he, who he is you, know, you know, mullins and uh, bright give us a little consistency there hopefully we can continue to, to grow with those guys and they can continue to to get better and push up and, and creep. They, they've been throwing good outings but even better outings i think it's still capable for both of them but I just think that consistency, we haven't been chasing the tail, so to speak, with our with our pitching, especially on the weekends. And If Joseph can stabilize there, that would be nice to feel, you know, three starters you believe in, they could get some consistent starts here. But Skipper and Burkhalter that back in you know, what we talked about at the beginning of the week is just, you know, a couple more pieces um, to really rise up. Chase also actually answered a call with the first opportunity to do that there on Tuesday and finished his first game in college and finished it in a good way. Um, so, you know, the first chance we had to answer that when we asked him, there's a guy like Chase also standing up. And, you know, there, there's a couple more. But, you know, getting to where you could expand that fat, past five guys that you really believe in that you can go have success with, if you can get that to six or seven. And, these guys stay consistent, and uh, and Nate LaRue is a big part of that, Um, him catching the last seven games, he connects our pitching staff right now, uh, because we need him just like we need in that A&M series with that running game, and he helps us with that, but I, I think he's built tempo into our pitchers, some confidence in our pitchers, presented a great target, and if he keep doing a good job, we keep getting these five guys consistent. We get a couple more guys to contribute. I think we can stay competitive on the weekend.
0: And that is Butch Thompson. Yeah, as you could tell it was windy on Wednesday as well. I mean, a lot of a lot of the wind blowing and the the ping of the bat in the background. Uh, and it's gonna be it's gonna be like that. I, I wonder wonder how many bats are gonna make contact. This Vandy pitching staff, yes. They, they don't have Kamar Rocker or Jack Leiter. They still have a team ERA right at three. You know, I mean, they, they have some big-time arms on the staff. So um, quite a challenge. Uh, Hayden Mullins, who has pitched very well uh, and seems to get better each time out, getting the start for the Tigers tonight. So uh, I would think on a chilly, windy night, Pitchers are gonna pitchers you would normally think would have the advantage. How's Vanderbilt hit the ball of late? Uh, I believe I know they lost. I mean, they, they lost they, the series to Tennessee. Their their team their team batting average. Let me. I'll, I'll pull up the stats. I mean, their team
2: batting average is um, they're in the t- they're in the top three or four in the SEC in batting. It's early in the season for anybody to feel real pressure. Uh, you know, as, as far as you know, trying to do anything more than just win the game in front of them or the series in front of them. You have to imagine for Vanderbilt after after getting beaten as soundly as they were beaten last weekend at home by Tennessee. That's not a Vanderbilt program that experiences that very often of late, Bill. I mean, so I I would think that you could get a very inspired performance from Vanderbilt this weekend. Auburn's going to have a, a, a stiff challenge in front of them to, uh, to stop this Vanderbilt team because this Vanderbilt team uh, does not want that losing streak to get much longer than it is right now. Oh no, no, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, the Pride's got to be a little wounded right after Tennessee beats them like that in
0: Nashville. Well, that's what we were wondering when the last time Bandy had lost, you know, um, four or five straight as they have lost back-to-back series in the conference, Bandy did snap that losing streak with a win Tuesday as they pounded Austin P. um but uh but, but yeah, they they've lost They've lost two straight series. They lost their last two games at South Carolina, so they've lost five straight SEC games. I
2: wasn't sure if it was four or five. Right I knew they'd lost the last game of the South Carolina series, so five, a five-game conference losing streak for Vanderbilt, uh, which is not something you associate with football. Uh, or with uh, with baseball, no, I should say uh, very much is is the way they uh, the, the way they're playing of late, and that's uh, you know m- maybe that's good news for Auburn. You know maybe it's uh, the, the sign that Vanderbilt is a little bit more mortal uh, this year than they've been of late in conference. But you also have to imagine you're, you're going to get a Vanderbilt team starting to feel a little bit of pressure, a little bit of desperation uh, to uh, to play better uh, in conference play because you don't want to lose. You uh, know you don't, don't want to. Uh, I mean a five game. You have to play really well to withstand a five-game losing streak, hey, and, and still finish with a pretty good record in this league. If Auburn can win this
0: series, um, they will be ahead of what I, I think most people were thinking. You've got to be doing if you want to stay, you know, in in the the race for postseason beyond oh, the
2: SEC tournament. I don't think very many people had Auburn winning seven of their first twelve. No, SEC that's what games. I
0: mean. Absolutely not. I mean, um, if they can do this, all right, I'm look at the Vandy is third in the league in batting behind Tennessee and LSU. That's what I was trying to do is pull it. Vandy is hitting as a team 303. Um, Auburn is right behind them at 300. So you have the numbers three and four batting teams in the
2: SEC. Auburn's played well enough that if, I mean, if Auburn were to be swept, at home this weekend, they'd still be pretty close. Maybe five and seven. Be, they, I mean, they're going to be in, still in the mix with a bunch of other teams. That's, and that's and that's if you know that, that's with a proverbial sweep. Uh, you know, at at home against a Vanderbilt team that has lost five straight SEC games. You're right; they can win a game or two. And the postseason, uh, you know, the, the the picture, the route for Auburn uh, to get a uh, you know in in solid position uh, in the uh, in in the postseason, you know, it becomes. You know the the path becomes more clear, and, and like you said, there is a number next to Auburn's name now in a, in, in a couple of national rankings. I tell you what, when you, when you look at
0: LSU stat, I mean Vandy stats, uh, you wonder how they lost five straight conference games. They're batting three oh three. They are second to Tennessee in the league in ERA. I I, I grossly over uh, inflated their team earned run average. Their team ERA. Through 28 games is 2.68. So they have a team. When when your batting average and I know one of them is in thousands and the other one is in complete numbers. But if you're if the way you say it in baseball, if your batting average is higher than your ERA, things are usually going pretty well. They have a 303 batting average and a 268. ERA Auburn, on the other hand, uh, has a three hundred batting average, and the Tigers are sixth in the league in team ERA with a four hundred two, and that's not bad, not bad at all. What is eye popping? What is just an unbelievable the the video game numbers that Tennessee is putting up at, And there's a reason. There are multiple reasons why they're twenty eight and one. They are batting. 324 as a team. Now in 29 games, the second best team in the SEC, Florida has hit 57 home runs. Florida's averaging nearly 2 home runs per game. Tennessee has 14 more home runs than they do. Tennessee has 71 homers in 29 games batting 324 and then let's look at the pitching. Tennessee's team ERA
2: is 1.74 team ERA oh, no I mean is they're, 174. they're playing better baseball than anybody in the country in the country look, look, looking looking back at Vanderbilt so Vanderbilt's got a guy uh, in uh, in Carter uh, Carter Young. Is that the uh, the shortstop for Vanderbilt who's projected uh, to be one of the first position players off the board in the 2022 uh, Major League Baseball draft? I thought the more interesting thing about mock Major League Baseball drafts for this 2022 is that there are four or five Vanderbilt commits uh, projected to go in Always. the first round, in the first yeah. round this year. I mean, and Kamar Rocker is back in the draft after right. not agreeing with the New York Mets last year after they drafted him with the 10th or 11th pick overall. So Kamar Rocker is going to try to be a first-round pick again after after, uh, after not uh, signing with, with last year's team, plus Carter Young, plus four or five commits. I mean, there could be seven it'll, it'll or be eight. It would be
0: really interesting to see because he's going to try to pitch in the independent league and prove that he is completely healthy. And that's the thing. The Mets were concerned that he'd go out there and throwing as hard and as violently as he does that he would need surgery. and I mean, it, it's become fairly common, but you don't want to invest that kind of money and have somebody immediately... Break down.
2: No, it's gonna come down to a team that wants him and also has the doctors okay it because right. uh yeah, I mean I think it's uh th- and there's also the question of whether or not you can come to an agreement with him. All well, I can't imagine he would want to uh you know, he, he would want to spend another year outside of baseball and, and not come to an no, agreement I- this year. And and if you're if he hangs around the bottom half of the first of the first round, uh there could be a pretty good team. Uh, drafting Kamar Rocker. And if a really good team were to get Kamar Rocker and and were to get the okay from the doctors, how far away from the major leagues is he, especially...
0: After pitching a year in in the independent leagues? Oh, he'd probably be uh, maybe depending on
2: how he does in spring how quickly, next year or a start or two in, in the minors how quickly could he help your bullpen <clears throat> right i mean could could he be somebody who contributes yeah probably you know, with, with, within probably. within weeks or months of the draft potentially if you're if you're trying to make a uh, who was it it was david price right that mm-hmm. was drafted and then right. was in the in the playoffs later that, that fall. yeah later that fall so i mean it has happened but uh, you know just just a lot of a lot of intrigue there but uh, getting back to, to this baseball series, Carter Young is the Vanderbilt shortstop, uh, projected to be one of the first position players off the board uh, later this year in the draft.
0: Before we get to break, and Bill, hang on. We'll we'll get to you right after the break. I just wanted to give, I, again, looking at the SEC stats, Tennessee is averaging over 10 runs per game. Over They're averaging over 10 runs per game, and their ERA is 174. And they've allowed 150 hits in 260 innings. You're going to win a lot of ball games. There, if you can catch it at all, if they ever hit it and you catch it, you're going to win just about a ball, and that's why they're 28 and one.
2: I was going to say, and they're winning, and they're winning a lot of ball yeah, games are. to start this right. year.
0: Let's get to our final break of hour number one. Hang on, Bill. You'll be up when we come back
1: here on the Friday Drive. The drive continues, 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 continues. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Silicaga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive final
0: segment of hour number one, Bill and Dan here in the Wild Business Studio. Let's get to the Kia of Auburn hotline and
4: Bill is up first. Hey,
0: Bill How are you guys doing? I've, i haven't
4: called in, in a while. I just want to call and see how you guys are doing and uh uh tell you I enjoyed the show. Well, it's good to I, hear I from, to you, from you. We, we wondered, you we were wondering about you
0: as a matter of fact.
4: Oh I listen every day uh. But i uh, yeah, I'm usually on the way home and when I get to the house i'll just uh put the show on but since you two guys are the smartest two guys in town i need to, i listen every day so maybe i'll wise up myself but um so okay. dan uh, are you a, or bill you one of you want to be going to the scrimmage tomorrow oh I think, oh yeah i'm
2: going yeah i think we'll both i think we'll both be in attendance we, we you know we uh we, we tend to uh you know we I, I, think you get so, you, you don't get that many opportunities to watch the team, uh, you know, if you, if you're in town or if it's not too much of a hassle, you know, I, I've, I've always thought the A-day, uh, A-day weekend's a lot of fun and, and, getting to see. I mean, you don't want to go too crazy with the analysis, you know, as far as, you know, on the limited glimpse you see of the team tomorrow, but at the same time, it is, you know, it's, it's better than, you know, you get better
0: than a better nothing. feel for than, for the, you got a better feel for it when you're there than you do sometimes watching it on and TV. There and you def- watch other things than what the camera is showing too. There,
2: there are definitely players, Bill, that you've seen. I'm, I'm now talking to, to co-host Bill or to host Bill, not not to caller Bill. Uh, Bill, that there, there are definitely players you've noticed for maybe the first time at a day that ended up having pretty yeah. pretty good careers. So mm-hmm. it can happen. A guy can, you know, a guy can, uh, uh, you know, put himself on the radar for a lot of people with a strong performance tomorrow, and maybe that's going to happen.
4: Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping the uh, you know the. Some guys are get a little more experience. Their coaches are going to at least get an idea who they want to put where when it when it really counts in the fall. So uh, I won't be able to go tomorrow because I have a, a, a function to attend over Fort Benning. but uh, hopefully, they do well. And like uh, I'll be looking forward to your you two guys' uh, expert opinion come Monday
2: Monday afternoon. Absolutely, Bill. Great hearing from you. Don't yeah. uh, don't be a stranger. Uh, you know, appreciate the uh, appreciate the analysis, and uh, and thanks for listening. And, and keep it up.
4: All right, we'll see you guys later. Warriors. All right,
2: have a good weekend, Bill. See you, Bill. Um,
0: yeah, we we will uh, we'll let you know, and then of course Brian Matthews will be on with us Monday. He'll give us his
2: thoughts on uh, on 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 what we see tomorrow. I mean, let's go. Let's let's start with maybe the headlines. I mean, I w- I would say TJ and Robbie Ashford are are two of the guys that people are most excited to see tomorrow because T.J. Finley, you know, how, how much better? Yeah, people
0: want to know, is T.J. really better? They want to see if they see a noticeable change in T.J. And the intrigue of Robbie Ashford because there have been some been some nice things uh, that, that have been mentioned about him, and he's someone that doesn't have, you know, there's nothing to go on. There's no tape of him playing in
2: college. And I would say if you're someone who was really pulling for D Davis... To be Auburn's quarterback because of the mobility that D. Davis presented, you should probably be rooting for Robbie Ashford to win this job because of the three. Oh, he's the most. He is definitely the most uh, mobile. Mobile. Yeah, yeah he, he would look you. to be the mo, the most mobile and maybe the most explosive athlete mm-hmm. of of the three. Uh, it remains to be seen whether he can win the job and or whether he, he can of make four uh, of, of the four. You're right, Holden Gerner. Absolutely don't don't count him out either. But, uh, you know, yeah, TJ and TJ and Robbie right, right there, and Olden Gerner as well. Oh, yeah. We'd love for you to join in. What will you be looking for? What would you like to see? Who would
0: you like um, to see perform well tomorrow? Anything on your mind sports-wise. We're halfway done here on the Friday Drive.
1: W294AR Auburn. WGCCHD3 Waverly. Auburn Opelika's Sports Leader. ESPN 1067. A broadcast service of Auburn Network Incorporated. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome in hour number two of the Friday
0: Drive, Bill Dan and Drew here in the WOW Business Studio.
2: That's right. You can get the speed you need with WOW for Business. Visit wowforbusiness.com to find out more. Hour number two of The
0: Drive brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations at Auburn and Opelika on the web at
2: orthoclinic.com. You can also text the show 334 564 18. Wait, did you do the Kia? No, I didn't. I just, I, I, what are you kicking it to me
0: for? I just looked up to see the score no. in the Masters. and uh, But that's fine. Go ahead with the right. text. Right. Right. We, well, no, we you welcome Do, do we the, the Kia of
2: Auburn. Do the, the Kia of Auburn phone well, line we, first.
0: Well, we'd love for you to call in on the <laughs> Kia of Auburn
2: hotline.
0: Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one, and the number to get you through is 334 334- Three two one thirteen ninety. 1390 Now, as
2: you were saying... That's right. Now you can text the show, three three four five six four eighteen forty on the Drive text box, presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, an Alabama-based firm now hiring for great-paying, skilled trade positions. Call 334 to learn more about Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Shout out to our buddy, Derek over at uh, at Southeastern Industrial Contract. Absolutely.
0: And uh, we've been keeping an eye on round 2 over in Augusta where uh you know we were saying let's see if Scotty Scheffler can uh, can make a little bit of a run and he indeed has. Uh what a second round thus far. He is now 3 under on the day, 6 under through 13 and a a, a 3 stroke lead. Over
2: a group of players. That's right. I mean, this is a guy who, I mean, you don't want to, you need to be careful about proclaiming the lead. Insurmountable. Oh no, I'm like not that. saying still that at all. I'm just strokes. saying he's having a very good round too. It, it looked like it was going to be very tightly bunched up at the end of two rounds, but it seems like maybe Scheffler can distance himself a little bit from the pack. He's got a couple more holes to grow uh, the uh, the lead, which is already three strokes over Lowry, Schwartzel, M. and Neiman, among others. So yeah, looking, uh, you know, interested to see what Scheffler can do. The rest of the round still feels like we could have a very compelling uh, 18 holes of golf on Saturday. Moon moving day uh, before, we, uh, before we get Master Sunday. Even if Scheffler's got a big lead on Sunday, right? I think there's going to be a lot of folks waiting to see, you know, can he hold on? Can he fight off the, uh, uh, can he fight off the pack and, uh, and, and keep, uh, uh, keep, keep, uh, keep it up? But, yeah, Scheffler is playing really, really well uh, right now on the second day of the action in Augusta.
0: Yeah, he has birdied 2, 7, 8, 12, and 13 today. Really really playing well. So uh so yes, right now let's see Charles Schwartzl, Sanjay M um are among the players. Let's see, Lowry Neiman, is that it? Yes, uh, at at three under uh early on. So um yes, as we approach the end of day two with a lot of wind over in Augusta, um again the projected uh the projected cut looks like it's around through four over now, uh, as I look through, because it'll be the top 50 players, including ties. So I'll have to uh, see what that number is right now. Uh, checking different uh, different numbers, but we'll keep you updated on that. It's a start of a big weekend here locally with a, a huge baseball series. Auburn and Vandy, the Tigers, uh, one of just three SEC teams over uh, four. Excuse me, four SEC teams over 500. In conference play, coming in at five and four, shockingly Vanderbilt coming in four and five. They've lost five straight conference games, uh, despite having another extremely talented team. They're number twelve in the nation, coming in Auburn number twenty-five, and they get started tonight uh, with a six o'clock first. Well, actually, pitch shortly after six o'clock tonight. Hayden Mullins on the mound for the Tigers. The lefty two and one with a three seventy-two ERA. Uh, right-hander Chris McElvain on the mound for Vandy, four and one with a 316. Tomorrow, following eight-day football, it'll be the second game of the series, a four o'clock first pitch. Trace Bright on the mound for the Tigers, two and two with a 270. Carter Holton, lefty. For the Commodores, four and two with a three eighty nine. Then they'll wrap it up on Sunday at one o'clock with a pair of right-handers. Joseph Gonzalez pitching very well last week after missing a few starts because of a blister under a fingernail. Three and zero with a two thirty one going up against right-hander Patrick Riley. Two and one with a one two one ERA. And then of course there's A Day tomorrow. And we've been asking you, what are you looking for? Um, Who you know? Who will you be looking for? tomorrow anything on your mind sports wise 334-321-1390 and we'll get to the Kia of Auburn hotline and Terry gets us started
5: guys how y'all doing
0: doing
2: all right Terry
5: fantastic um I'm actually Landon King I want to see because I know uh, if Auburn has depth anywhere it's tied in and uh here's a guy I think can play the slot could be a big factor because he can catch between 30 and 40 balls I know that's a big number but uh, he could be a real factor because of the
0: size-wise thing. Yeah, he is wow. a guy that that really has uh, gotten a lot of praise here, especially since really? he's moved over and been working more at wide receiver. They really like his ability to high point the ball, to catch the ball in traffic. Um, you know, the, uh, the 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 talk was the other day. I didn't get to see this. I don't know that it was any in any period. I'm. As a matter of fact, I know it was in a period where the media was watching. But a couple of players have talked about him being able to uh, adjust in midair to a pass from Robbie Ashford and make a spectacular catch at the back of the end zone that that, that everybody said was, was a highlight-type well, catch.
2: On a team looking for weapons in the passing game, too. I mean, it seems like Landon King can make a case. I mean, if this team had three receivers you felt great about, you know, and, and you were sort of wondering who else is going to play a complementary role in the passing offense, then, you know, it might be harder to imagine Landon King breaking through and, and and making a big impact. But with things as wide open as they appear to be, I mean, Landon King is as good a, I mean, he, he's... If, if you're trying to find someone who could catch a lot of passes for Auburn this year, I mean, Landon King's as good a as good a candidate as any.
5: Yeah, I realize that 30 or 40 catches, I could have a lot. as a big number. But uh, if they throw the ball successfully, he's, he's got to be on main weapon. And, guys, I know it's worth nothing, but my prediction, this is where Robbie Ashford catches TJ Finley and passes him for that number two job.
0: What? Um, I'd be surprised if if anybody lets on. Even if that's the case, right? Um, I agree. Hey yeah. Terry,
5: I, I had
2: somebody I had somebody ask me about a previous call you made where you, you suggested TJ Finley might switch positions. What other position do you think TJ Finley could play?
5: Uh, I think he's physically gifted to play any position he wanted to, but I think uh, the big receiver, kind of like kind of we're speaking of Landon King, but uh, don't don't think that. I think he wants to be a quarterback. I think he was a great quarterback in high school because you know he's just bigger and stronger than everybody else. Yeah, so, I mean I. You know, I think that I'm, I'm, receiver or tight end,
2: so. I agree with you know I, I don't really see T.J. Finley playing anything but quarterback. But I I agree with Bill about uh, I, I would even if Robbie Ashford plays well. I don't know if we're eliminating anybody from the quarterback competition right now. I Certainly you know m- maybe. Maybe they'll want to get it down to three instead of four, but Holden Gerner also looks like he could be the odd man out if they were to cut from three, to, if they were, if they were to uh, start focusing on three quarterbacks as the uh, primary option in 2022 rather than four, because as a true freshman, you know, Holden has the, you know, the largest learning curve. Presumably of the, uh, of the quarterbacks. Uh, but no, I, I don't think people should rule Robbie Ashford out. I mean, th- this is a guy who, uh, has a, you know, he brings a different skill set than TJ or Zach Calzada. We haven't seen him play very much college football. And, you know, if it's a blank slate, if it's a wide open competition, uh, I, I can see why they would want to give uh, Robbie Ashford a really good look. And, you know, he's of the players making their debuts tomorrow in Auburn uniform. I mean, that, that's, that's a guy I want to see as much as anyone.
5: And I, I, I kind of don't. I don't like using the term "odd man out" for like Gurner. I think he has to understand his best days are probably in, for, in front of him.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Works. I agree with that, Terry. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any way he's he's being ruled out. I mean, he's a guy that uh, if if he's not in the rotation, uh, then then. You have him be the best scout team quarterback you can. And maybe if you get an opportunity, you get him into a game or two. But then redshirt him if you feel like you've got other guys that are uh, more prepared and understand the offense a little better.
5: Right. And he's your plan for 2023 or four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And that, that's the way I've always kind of worded it. Finley, like I said, mm-hmm. I wish the kid could. Great kid. Great kid. Great, lead, great leader. But I just got a feeling that TJ Finley's best days are behind him. And when the lights go on, he just kind of folds. And, and he just, no matter how much progress he's made, He's going to reserve back to you know being the same old T.J. Finley throwing the ball high or wide or whatever. And I, look, I'm not saying he's a bad kid; he's a great kid. But that's just my personal observation because you know why? That's all I've witnessed.
0: Well, pretty much what you what you've seen since he's gotten uh, significant playing time at Auburn. I I understand that feeling. Uh, that's why I think tomorrow is important for T.J. I think T.J. Uh, if he has a great day, that doesn't that doesn't yeah. mean he's locked down the starting quarterback job. But if he does go out. And miss an awful lot of passes and has some open receivers and can't get them the ball that's going to be that's going to be tougher for him to overcome
2: yeah, I would say that i mean it's it's fair to look at what t j Finley has done in his first couple of years as a college football player and say this is all he will ever do um at the same time, there's a long list of quarterbacks who Didn't play particularly well their first couple years in their first taste of the action and emerged through experience as better players down the line. And with T.J. Finley, I mean, I think I think when you have when you're T.J. Finley's size and you throw the ball as effortlessly as T.J. Finley appears to throw the football, especially when he's playing well. You're gonna get a lot of opportunities to fail, right, Bill? Like you're gonna get true. And you, and
0: the other thing that, that people aren't gonna write you off like they might I, write off a little a few guy. times. It's still a little different than some other guys that you might have thought or or that you know have struggled over their first year or two where TJ hasn't been the man. He hasn't been the man and hasn't been the guy getting the most That's work true. leading up to his opportunities. And this time, he's getting more work than anybody else. So that's why I, I'm really interested to see how he looks tomorrow. And, and like I said, even if he looks great, that doesn't mean that he is the Lock it down, surefire starter. But I think it means something.
2: Remind me to check in with our old pal Chris Todd at some point in the next couple of weeks about you know quarterback mentalities in this regard because I think it's important that T.J. Finley has never been the number one quarterback for an off season or has never spent uh, a lot of time. In both seasons that we've seen T.J. Finley play, there have been seasons where he's been thrown into the mix oh, yeah. after a different quarterback was the was the primary option for most of the. Uh, uh for for most of of the of the off season and and the season to that point i think that you can absolutely expect maybe not a drastically different we got somebody trying to get in uh, drew there we go we, we got a uh, uh maybe not a drastically different Uh, TJ Finley, Uh, but I I can absolutely think that you'd see a sharper and better TJ Finley. And maybe he doesn't need to be drastically better. Maybe he just needs to be a little bit better. And that can be enough to I mean, you think about some of the passes he missed right in in the in in big Mm -hmm. moments. A couple of them are close, right? It feels like maybe it's not a you know he... take a little off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So maybe you know with a, with a season of polishing, um, you you can see a much better T.J. Finley than the one you've seen uh, to this point. I, I wouldn't rule that out. And if he can beat Zach Calzada and Robbie Ashford to win the job. I think that's a sign of progress too, because oh, those agree. are those are those are real competitors for this for this position. Appreciate the call, Terry. We need to get to our first break of hour number two. We'd love for you to join in
0: if we have an opportunity. We'll let you hear uh, some conversations with a couple of Auburn players getting ready for a day and their thoughts on the team preparation, how things are going on their side of the ball. When we come back here on the Friday Drive.
1: Time to churn up some more yardage on the drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
2: Welcome back in. It is the Friday edition of the Drive. A little background music. That's there. right. Little Lone Ranger, uh, William Tell overture there. Yeah, Bill, Bill and Dan in the Wow business. Away. Yeah, that's right.
0: Bill and Dan in the Wow Business Studio. Uh, yes, and we'd we'd love for you to join in. Uh, your thoughts on eight a tomorrow? What are you looking for? Who do you who are you looking for? Who would you like to have a good game tomorrow? Anything you want to talk about sports wise? Let's see. Scotty Scheffler still with a three-stroke lead in Augusta as he's on fourteen. Uh, Tiger last time I looked was three over, four over on the day, and three over for the uh, for the tournament. All right. As we mentioned, we have uh, some interviews with. Couple of Auburn football players, and this is a couple of guys we haven't had many opportunities to sit down with. Um, so really pleased when we get a chance to hear from some of these guys. And, and again, Auburn's been very good this spring, allowing the media to have access, watching some of the practices, watching a little of the scrimmage, spending time with all the assistant coaches and quite a few players. And among the latest, is Auburn Jr. tight end Luke Deal part of one of the uh, probably the strongest position group, deepest position group on the team?
3: Frank, I mean, what, what maybe are the things that maybe separate you guys, Frazier too? I mean, you're all kind of in there, but I feel like you guys probably have some some differentiating factors
6: about you. What do you think makes Shank or Fromm or you or? Brandon, brandon a little bit different
7: yeah i mean we all have different qualities which is i think what what makes our tight end room really really good and really deep um is that we're all different uh we're all ex- pretty experienced uh, i know brandon hadn't had as much playing time but brandon's an experienced guy he knows what he's doing he's he's ready to go uh, i know i've said in a couple other interviews that he's he's really stepping up but yeah tyler's tyler's got a, a crazy speed about him. I mean they moved him a little bit when he was a freshman to play some wide receivers, so that's kinda where he is and Shanks kinda he's always been that that steady H back guy that can do a lot of things um and a lot of things well and he's done he's done it for a long time. I'm I'm more of a, a bigger physical guy. Um I like to kinda bring the physical nature to the practices and the game sometimes. Sometimes the guys get on to me about being a little too physical at practice but um, Brandon, big guy, big target. I mean, and I think all of us have really developed as receivers, and that's what's kind of set us apart here in the spring and kind of just enhanced our role even more. So I think we all have different qualities, but we're all definitely getting better every day. What has uh, Coach Bedell taught you all about blocking? Oh, man, he's, I mean, just, it's basically just enhancing our fundamentals, uh, footwork, hands, if you don't have good feet and tight hands, then you're going to lose every time in this conference. So he's he's, he's been there. He's done that. Um, obviously played at the highest level, and uh, he's got some fun ways to teach us some things. But he's he, he's a good guy, and, and he's done a great job so far with that. What's it been like for you, just kind of developing more as a pass-catching tight end? Yeah, I mean, I, I think – in this league, you got to find uh, what it is that will just set you apart, and, and that's kind of what I have done in the off season: uh, catching every day, using the jugs machines, get, grabbing a quarterback, catching as many balls as I can, um, trying to get faster every day. Um, that's what I've just, I just—I mean—that's what I focused on, uh, and, and it's just being a, a balanced tight end uh, in this multiple offense is, is kind of what I want. What I want to be, and what I, I think what every tight end in our offense wants to be, and we're all. Working toward that, and it's been it's been good though. What have you seen from the quarterbacks specifically? You know, Robbie and, and, yeah. and Zach and Holden—all new guys. How's how's right. it been watching those guys? Well, it's been good to watch them compete. I mean, all of them are competing. Uh, I, know, I know Zach can't do as much right now. Uh, he's more and more every day, which is good. Uh, they all can spin the ball. I can tell you that. I mean, they they all can they all can throw it pretty well. TJ's still, I mean, he's been here, like you said, he's he's kind of done that. He's he's trying to lead the team a little bit, lead that quarterback room, kind of get everybody huge to everything. And, and mostly it's just mostly about commanding the offense at this point. Um, everybody playing at this level can throw the ball and, and can throw it well. Um, but how you can have a command, uh, like a hold over the offense and, and get everybody lined up and, and just have that assertiveness but also – know what you got going on so i I think it has been a great competition it's going to continue to be throughout fall how far has tj come in that regard just being a guy that that you sort of look to even last year when he was backing up Bo, yeah i feel like he he you know brian talked about his leadership qualities i mean how far has he come and just sort of commanding that that respect yeah well he he like you said last year i mean stepping in that's a that's a tough situation for him uh the situation he wanted obviously coming here but um, that's a tough situation for anybody just to step in and be that leader right away. Uh, but he's, he's made strides, man. He's, he's done a great job. Uh, I know a lot of the, those quarterbacks, they, they work with him. I know those receivers look up to him. Uh, and and it's, just, it, it's really good to see how much he's changed in terms of just being a vocal leader, uh, especially on the field, because that's what you need. You need somebody out there who can command the offense. He's done a great job of it. Coach Bedell was saying that uh, Brandon's taken a pretty good step forward this spring. What what have you seen
6: from him and just how far he's come since last year too? Yeah.
7: I mean, it's just the mental part of the game for him is just like crazy. Uh, He went from a guy who's kind of unsure and uneasy on some things in the offense to a very confident guy. Who's now working on his craft. Like I said, uh, working on hands, feet Uh, just little details, fundamentals that you need to really take the next step in this conference because I mean, you got guys like Will Anderson and some of those guys coming off the edge. I mean, you, you, you better bring your A game. So, um, he's working on that kind of stuff and he's, man, he's so much more confident. He's, he's playing really well though. Uh, how's the spring been with a with year in the system, kind of year yeah. under your belt at Auburn? How things been?
6: It's been good. Um, the first year, I feel like, really gave me confidence after the first season. So now, um, this, this spring has really been helping me build up um, some new tools um, and my tool belt in terms of pass rush and just learning the new system with Jeff Schmetting, with Coach, Coach Schmetting. But um, I really enjoyed uh, having this spring here because I didn't have it last year. So, I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm making more connections with my teammates as well this offseason. So, yeah, a little yeah. weight gain for you? For yes, team. sir. I gained 10 pounds over this offseason. How, so. how much How has that helped you and, and what does it bring to your game? Um, it's helped it? me tons um, in terms of playing four eye, you know, um, holding my ground and stopping the run and, and then just moving out to the edge, dropping some, um, rushing from the edge as well. So I, I really enjoyed, um, you know, getting this 10 pounds and, um, bringing more force as well as to it, so. What have
2: you seen the spring out of Dylan? He's like one of the few, oh, yeah. few other scholarship yeah. guys in that room right now and just, I, I know there's a lot of pressure on him to kind of yeah.
6: develop. What do you seen you No, know, he's, he's been coming along, um. He, he, uh, he's, we're hoping to get more pounds on him over the summer, but he's, he's really um, learning how to use his hands a lot better. Um, he's starting to learn the system a lot more, the playbook. You know, I've, I've been working with him a lot um, in the dorms, you know, just going through the playbook as well, as just getting the terminology down for him. But once he gets the playbook down and just get more reps under his belt, like, I feel like he's going to be a really, really good
2: player. So. What do you like about him as a pass rusher? He's got kind of a
6: good first step. He's a little, little twitchy um, on his first step, so uh, it gives a lot of stress on the offensive tackles. He's stressing his outfield shoulders. So. But once he you know, he gains more weight, I think he's going to be a really good player this year. So. With the depth you guys have at, at the edge position, are you and Derek sort of preparing to play a lot of snaps uh, this fall? Yeah, we are. Um, we, we know that as well. Um, that's why we're trying to help Dylan and um, – Hayden Bryce come along, and then Tyler as well. The the I think walk on that came on. Uh, he's helping bring more depth to to the room as well. So, but, but you and Derek, uh, you feel like uh, this is going to be a big year for you. Yeah, too. we were trying to come up with a name because we know we're gonna be. Um, I don't know. I feel like we're gonna have a lot of sacks this year between me and Derek. So we're, we're trying to come up with a, with a name for for us. So. But yeah.
5: What do you sort of do to prepare for what could be some pretty high snap counts in the fall? Is, is there anything that, that you and him are able to sort of do specifically to work on that stamina? Yeah,
6: I mean, just keep grinding. You know, we're, we're taking more reps in the spring spring practice mm-hmm. right now. And we know going in, like, there's going to be a lot of, you know, plays that, so we're just trying to get our body ready for, for the season. What, what
0: what differences has it been for you guys as an edge position with Coach Sameding? Anything that jumps out, or is it pretty similar to, to what you did last year?
6: Um, it, it's the only difference would probably be um, the coaching change, Coach Rock. Um, but we already knew Coach Rock coming in. He's, he had, like, we already built that relationship with him as well. So that, that's really helped the edge room um, progress fast. Um, over, over this um, offseason in spring, but, man, we love Coach Rock, though, so it's, it's always fun going out there with him, learning, learning from him and all his experience in the past uh, players that he's put in the league as well. So, but, yeah. that's, that's been a consistent message,
5: guys loving Coach Rock. What is it about him?
6: He just brings uh, a different type of energy to practice, and um, I don't know, It's just he's just a fun we like to mess around with Coach Rock every now and then, but you know when he's locked in, you know we, we know when to lock in as well. So, but, yeah, we, we love Coach Rock. So. What's his style? I mean, does he get on you? Is he more encouraging? Is he, does he ride you pretty hard? What's his? He, he has a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, he know like when it's practice time, he knows when, uh, when to get on us. But in the meeting rooms, um, he's I wouldn't say he's laid back, but. Um, he, he, he really wants us to to be great, so like he's really whatever helps us learn the most he's, he wants to do that for us, but because everyone learns a little different um, so he, he he wants to acclimate to the learning style of each player so but yeah how do you guys mess around a little uh, It's, you know, we joke around with him a lot, you know, give him a hard time about his height every now and then, you know, (laughs) but, uh, you know, his Italian side as well, we give him a hard time, but, you know, we we always give each other a hard time, so it's it's all fun and games in the media room, so.
0: Echo Leota, they're following Luke Deal as uh, the media with an opportunity to talk to those guys. They like, they like Rock. There's no question about it. The, The players really like Rock Bellantoni. We're halfway done with the final hour. Love for you to join in. 334-321-1390 as we uh, head into the final 30 minutes of the Friday Drive.
1: The Drive, The Drive, with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Silicaga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
0: Welcome back into the drive. Final 25 minutes here on this Friday afternoon. Bill and Dan, Drew at the controls. And uh, again, Scotty Scheffler continuing, maintaining that three-stroke lead in Augusta. Six under. Uh, let me uh, check and see where uh, where Tiger is now.
3: Uh,
0: moving on down and... Uh, Did I miss him somewhere in there? It's not been a great, great day. But, I mean, you wondered how the toll of playing, you know, back-to-back and folks are wondering, walking day after day, how things would go. But... uh you still struggling to find Tiger on the leaderboard there? Uh yeah I am. No there he is. Oh he's gotten play. back. He's gotten back. He's back to just one over. I I jumped to where it was before at at uh, 3 over and was looking around there but oh no, so Tiger's birdied a couple of holes here uh and it looks like he's on on 18, two over for the day, one over for the tourney. So that's not bad at all considering you only have um 18 players. At even par
2: or better. How about the list of guys between two over and even par right now? One over, you got Patrick Cantlay, Webb Simpson, Tiger Woods, Adam Scott, Tony Finau. Two over, uh, Rory, Mc, uh, Rory McIntyre, uh, yeah, Rory McIntyre, you got a uh, Bubba uh, Watson, Bubba Watson, Lee Westwood, uh, Sergio, John Rahm. Sergio Garcia, John Rahm, uh, um, Rory. Yeah, uh, yeah. Did yeah. You him? Oh, yeah, no, ma yeah, McElroy. Mac, well, McIntyre's there too, who's not, uh, Robert McIntyre, uh, who is a different person, uh, than, uh, Roy McElroy. They're uh, both, yes, they're both yes, at, yes, uh, yes. last time I checked. And they're both, uh, they're both, uh, two over uh, on the day. But no, some very familiar names, uh, just outside, uh, the, uh, the, the par line. Now, again, and then some the, big, some big names at one under, two under, and, uh, Scotty Scheffler leading the field at six under. Again, the cut is
0: the top 50 players, including ties. So, the guys just outside of that
2: right now, the cut would be at plus four. Uh, Patrick Harrington is plus five. Gordon Spieth, who a lot of folks had as, as one of the favorites. Brooke, uh, Brooks, Brooks Kepka as well. Uh, those are, those are a couple of the guys that were, uh, uh high on, on lists. Oh uh, yeah. Of, they're, of, of they're odds going in. They're probably not going to make the cut. Nope. Looks like they both are, uh, they're are, in at six over. Yep. Be disappointing to see uh, Stuart Sink at seven over. Uh Bryson uh, finishing. Ooh, ooh yeah, it was, Bry- uh, twelve it, over.
0: It, it was rough. Twelve yeah, was, over it was, it for, rough. Uh,
2: for 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 Bryson. So no, you, you're right. And then, uh, uh yeah, it's uh, he's. I mean, he's he was, near he the. He was eight over today. Yeah, he barely. He barely beat VJ, uh, who's, uh, who's you know near near the. Well, they uh, both shot eighty. That's today. right, and they both lost to Fred Couples. So it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's and Larry Mize uh, and Larry Mize. So, I uh, no, so it, it's, uh, remains to be seen, uh, how this thing, uh, how this thing shakes out, but you could get a lot of star power and, and maybe, uh, Scheffler's not going to be so far ahead of the rest of the pack on, uh, Saturday and Sunday that there's still quite a bit of intrigue and the possibility of a lead change between now and then. A lot of good oh, golf. things will change. A lot. I would still. You know, I, I, I predict Matt Siyama sitting there just three back. You know, a guy who mm-hmm. won the thing just last year. I'd be very careful. He played so well. He's played so well today. And he's he, he is uh, he's
0: three under all yeah, day. I,
2: he's starting to get a little comfortable on this uh, on, the, on this uh, with this Augusta stuff uh, after the way he played last year. and Now, uh, yeah, making a uh, making a push uh, to be uh, uh, just behind Scott Scheffler. Uh, you got a DJ uh, there at a two under and uh, Colin Morikawa at, at one under. A couple of names that I would watch as well as guys who could maybe make him move tomorrow especially if the lead is within striking distance Uh, a a lot as you would expect a a lot of afternoon
0: games of Major League Baseball I wonder you know the the schedule just sort of picked back up um, where it was going to be in week two but I wonder if the game times changed because this this is unusual if this was week two of the season would you expect to see this many
2: day games I wouldn't no, I mean, I, I think maybe some day games got moved because it became opening weekend. Right. Although at the same time, if the weather's cooperating in some parts of the country, you know, if you can play a day game this early in the year without it being bitterly cold but,
0: or... Yeah, I'm, I'm just, you know, surprised to see as many, but I, I'm sure it's because it is opening weekend. And,
2: and I have to imagine that the fact that opening weekend was pushed to Masters Thursday... Maybe had something to do with not seeing the wall-to-wall baseball coverage on ESPN and ESPN two. Well, but, normally, the,
0: but there were only nine games on the schedule,
2: right? But usually you have two or three of them right. on ESPN on opening day. Oh well, yeah,
0: ESPN and MLB Network and ESPN, carrying,
2: and ESPN two. Right. I mean, usually there's a lot of nationally televised baseball, but with ESPN, uh, you know, uh, covering the Masters uh, I throughout I the day only on have Thursday. They the
0: Masters like nine to one or
2: nine to two on ESPN. That's still, but that's still two oh. two games. You know, probably of of uh, I mean, if they start one at noon or one at 11 central that would that would prevent them from uh, from airing you know a pair of baseball games and at that point maybe they just wanted to go to their normal uh, their normal afternoon slate of of people arguing as the uh, you know instead of uh, instead of showing <laughs> right. a, a baseball game before sports center
0: um braves looking to uh not to even things up after dropping their season opener last night will send charlie morton to the mound tonight and we were looking at this matchup and i am not familiar and i'm usually fairly familiar with nationally it's players. early in
2: the season for someone to start a person that bill's never heard of uh usually yeah. that's an august september thing when you, that, when you get into true. well
0: this guy came up in september and october last year for the reds but when the reds are starting a guy who has uh i mean he, he has what a couple of major league appearances Rave or san martin that's right a lefty starting for the reds tonight uh that's That's how much the the, the Reds – I mean, we talked about it. The Reds have been in sell mode. They added a couple of guys uh, offensively, but they have a
2: very, very young, inexperienced pitching staff. 25-year-old native of Columbia, not – South Carolina or Missouri, uh, different, different Columbia the, where, uh, the,
0: Yes, the country.
2: Yeah, that's right. Cartagena, uh, Columbia, where, uh, where, uh, Reaver San Martin, uh, calls home. He will be the starting pitcher. I also was unaware of his existence before you told me about him and he's going to. I was just be... looking at projected starters for that. right. I went, who? He's starting for the, uh, for, for the Braves. I think a couple, you know, a couple of bats I like in that, in that Reds lineup, you know, which, which may, you know, make them, uh, you know, e- even if, even if the win-loss record, and, and you, you got... don't know what's going to happen, you know, you you could see them uh, occasionally you could see bursts where they give pitchers trouble Well, they've got a few guys that
0: can swing the bat but you got to love Joey Votto did you watch any of the games yeah last oh night? The mic'd up Joey Votto yes, i know i know i know uh scott misses him uh i missed him uh drew appreciates him now but i mean no, he was he was he is uh, an interesting character, isn't he? Yeah, he and, and is, one of these is an old kid, and, basically is what Joey Votto is.
2: And I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for a guy having a Hall of Fame career for one team, right? You know, a guy guy yep. playing his whole career with one uniform. Don't know if this is it for Joey Votto. He's 38. You know, it could could make. That's dec- how many homers he hit last year, by that, the way. That, that's right, 38. I mean, you know, he's he's. Uh, it, it's not like baseball is done with him, uh, but if he you know wants to wrap things up anytime soon, you know, I, I kind of it'd be great to see him in a deep postseason run, too, and seeing Joey Votto, you know, in the World Series would be great. But, you know, if Joey Votto wants to play his entire career just wearing that Reds uniform, I, I hope people appreciate uh, how great uh, how-, how great he was and uh, still is uh, for that Cincinnati team. He is and- a
0: career 302. Yeah. Hall of Famer. Him. I mean, with
2: 331 homers. I mean, I'm not good at this game because I think Todd Helton's a Hall of Famer and he keeps, you know, the, the ballot keeps coming in without Todd Helton uh, in the Hall of Fame. Another guy who played, I thought, a Hall of Fame career. Oh, he only for, had
0: 36 last year. My bad. Not 38.
2: Another guy who had a Hall of Fame career playing for just one team and maybe not, you know, what you think of as one of the marquee franchises uh, of late, especially if you just watch the postseason of Major League Baseball. But no, Joey Votto's great. And, uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, uh, you know, hopefully he gets, uh, he gets the recognition and, and maybe he gets to finish his career as a red. Um, Although if he wants to play in the World Series, you know it's nothing wrong with leaving the Reds to go do that too. No, no, but uh, but
0: yeah, it's been uh, 15 years and I guess 16 years thus far in the in the majors. This will be
2: uh, no, this is this is year 16. Have for to imagine Joey Votto. If if as expected the Reds aren't in it at the deadline, right? You got to think there'd be contenders. Oh, that there's no go on question
0: out. teams would love, especially with the DH, even though he's still a pretty good first baseman. Right, but you, there's, there'd, there'd, be, there'd be all every kinds con- of teams that would love to have that left-handed bat.
2: With the DH, too, every, you're right, every contender probably has a spot somewhere in the lineup for, for Joey Vaughn. How much, how much do you think that's going to affect the pitching numbers
0: in the National League? It's interesting. I mean, not as drastically uh, as you might think, because you've played so many games league. Um, where, where you would go on the road to American League ballparks and there'd be a DH. But now there is no pitcher batting, and pitchers have gotten just terrible. I mean terrible at batting, and it's been almost an automatic out, unless you're Mad Bomb or a couple of other guys, but not very many that you'd even worry about that you just go ahead and uh, you you know you can throw the ball over the plate three times and and you've got an easy out. You, know, I,
2: you, you can't do that anymore. I'd be really interested to see. I mean, because there's there's two sides of this. Yes, absolutely. Taking pitchers out of major league lineups and replacing them with a designated hitter. Now, I mean, that makes the job tougher for National League pitchers because they have to face nine position player or position player caliber hitters, it, even, and they don't get to face the pitcher anymore.
0: Yeah, I mean, even if you put a guy who hits. 240 in there that's got a little pop, that is so much more difficult than facing a pitcher. However,
2: there's also something to be said for the fact that now NL pitchers don't have to waste any time hitting That's themselves right. or that preparing is, to hit. True. And maybe... Being concerned about being hit or running the
0: bases or yeah, doing any of that. M-
2: maybe right. there, maybe you could see an increase in uh, productivity from someone who doesn't have to worry about that being part of the game no, really at all. It's, it's, all it's like when a position player... We've seen some position players, you know, they just become DHs and the productivity goes up because they don't have to worry about playing the field anymore. Their job is, is just hitting. Maybe there are pitchers... Who I mean, oh, based on results, you would imagine there aren't that many pitchers that were focusing a ton on their at bats versus no, versus true. everything else. But uh, maybe some National League pitchers will find it freeing that they're not going to have to worry about picking up a baseball bat ever again uh, because the designated hitter is now uh, across Major League Baseball.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting. I just I recall when the DH first came in, how the numbers changed. Across the leagues, so all of a sudden, your American League ERA winner had an ERA a quarter of a quarter of a run to a half a
2: run higher than the National League winner. I'm, the point you made about Vado's is a really good one too. The trade deadline experiment of now—I mean, back back when the National League had pitchers hitting. If a player like Votto, an aging position player who played for the American League, it, it, or, or a National League team that just was devoid, you know, right. right? That just had a disaster at first base. Now you could have an all-star caliber first baseman and still mm-hmm. be in the market to add Joey Votto if he's available at the deadline. And, you know, that could extend careers of veterans like Votto and also increase the likelihood that we'll see some great players like that well, you know, a- added to contenders and, and making postseason why, why runs. Do you the think- Reds are 1-0. I don't know why I'm, I'm projecting that they're going to be selling at the deadline. Uh, too. But I'm, I'm, I'll project
0: that they will be selling okay. at the deadline. Okay, yeah,
2: I, I, a team that will not, that has a
0: certain Hall of Famer and a great first baseman is the St. Louis Cardinals. Albert Pujols is worth something, worth a lot more than now to the St. Louis
2: Cardinals than he was a
0: year ago because of the DH. Yeah, because I, you've got
2: Paul Goldschmidt at
0: first base.
2: I'm going to be interested to see if Pujols can produce like a DH for a hitter, like for for a, a, a he, good. He team.
0: did okay when he came back over. Did and, okay and and and. and uh, was back in the National League last year. He still got popped.
2: Yeah, no I mean the the bat is still I mean you wonder now he if I went 0 for 5 yesterday, but would if and if there wasn't a desire to see him, you know, if there wasn't some sentimental value for the Cardinals, would Albert Pujols be an everyday DH for anyone? I don't
0: know that he'll be even be an everyday DH for the Cardinals, but I think he I think he's a guy that can give them 350-plus at-bats sure. and
2: 20-plus homers. That's a Cardinals team that I And that'll get him to 700, won't and, it? And I wonder, I think he's not, I think he's not too far away from, from 700 at the moment. So that's a, that's a Cardinals team, too, that you, you just look at it right now. And if they're still in the hunt, right? I think they will be. That could be a team looking to add. And, if their and,
0: pitching yeah. can stay, if they can, yep. if they can have healthy pitching, um, you know, they could, be, they could be right there with the Brewers, I believe, in the Central. 334-321-1390. 1, Bill and Dan here in the uh, WOW Business Studio. We'll get to our final break. Uh, we'll we'll uh, take a one more look at A-Day and the uh, Auburn-Vandy baseball matchup. But if you've got something, come on in and join us. 334-321-1390 1, as we wind it down here on the Friday Drive.
1: Let's get back to the drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Silicaga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into
0: The Drive, another birdie for Scott Scheffler. Four under on the day, seven under for the tournament now, as he's on 16 at seven under at a four-stroke lead now. So he's he's doing everything he can today to try to put some distance in there because, I mean, everybody else is bunched between, I mean, there are, yeah, there, there are 50-plus golfers that are within six shots of each other, and then he's got a four-stroke lead over
2: all of those guys. So... Uh, so, a very impressive well, performance. And, and so, the, the, sto- by Scottie the story becomes can Scheffler hold on to this lead and right. continue playing well on Saturday and Sunday rather than when you have a, a, a tightly bunched up group? You know, who's going to emerge from that pack? Now, you've got a question of we've got a leader. He's He's got a pretty solid lead, several strokes over the next closest golfer. Is he going to be able to maintain that lead on Saturday? And if so, then the pressure of can he can he close out this Masters tournament and, and win himself the jacket on, on Sunday. So yeah, look looking forward to seeing what the next couple days holds in Augusta. 334,
0: 321, 1390. Got a few minutes left here. Auburn and Vandy about to start Got to in pitch. the next ten, fifteen minutes.
2: Got to pitch well. Right. I mean that's that's I mean, yep. this team you you hope I mean the the bats are gonna have to do their part as well. We were able to talk with Sonny Deshera earlier this week. Uh but Vanderbilt is hitting the ball I mean, they're they're really crushing it, Bill.
0: They are, but nobody is hitting the ball as well as Sonny DiSera. He right. leads the nation in batting with a four fifty seven batting average. Uh, he leads the nation in on base percentage, and he leads the SEC in slugging percentage. Batting batting four fifty seven coming in. Tell you what, maybe the key this weekend is just making the plays defensively. You cannot afford to give vandy or any quality team extra outs so i mean that's that could be a big key and and this wind uh i i i'd say it could be an adventure on pop-ups um you know pop-ups and what appear to be lazy fly balls line drives won't be affected as much but i mean the wind is still going to be a
2: factor this evening this thing and and you know could be uh what could be keeping uh it could could be keeping things interesting, like you said. You know, mm-hmm. if that, if, that uh, if if the wind is, uh, if, if, you know, especially if it's, I don't know, there could could be some gusts that turn routine plays into uh, in, into anything else. And it's like it's, it's like the old candlestick or something. That's right. Yeah. The yeah wind so is blowing so much, and uh, and you know, could get a little bit cool uh, tonight. Uh, but for the most part, I mean, this this is like what the last gasp of winter weather before we get.
0: Yeah, I did look in the week after Easter. It's being projected back in the forties. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well. So we're gonna gonna have everybody thinking. Oh yeah, I can go ahead and uh, we can go ahead and plant, get everything out. But, All right. So uh, one sp- more time.
2: spring game tomorrow. Uh, real quick for the listeners, Bill. What's uh, like? What are, what are the things you're most excited? To Quarterback,
0: see? obviously. I mean, you want to see how the guys do. I was talking about it a while ago. I mean, you want to see improvement from T.J. Finley. You want to see is he more consistent at making the. the the routine throws. I mean, because he has made some spectacular throws at times. Can he, you know, if, if he has receivers open, does he get them? Does he get the ball where it needs to? And then I'm really looking to see more of Robbie Ashford. Just seen a little of him, really, in the uh, at the end of the scrimmage a couple of weeks ago.
2: You know, and this is the first time I'm getting to see Holden Gurner in person. Yep. You know, this is a guy who looks, you know, looked impressive on video. We were both impressed watching him, you know, go, go through the state playoffs last year in, in, in Georgia. I mean, this is a, a big, physical, uh, impressive-looking kid. So, uh, you know, I mean, he has his work cut out for him, you know, uh, getting ahead of these other quarterbacks. But I, I want to see, uh, you know, it's our, our, first, our first real look at him tomorrow as well. And uh, does, does
0: the offensive line, and, and it's probably not going to be. I know a couple of the guys we've heard could have played if it were a game. This is not a real game. It's, it's practice tomorrow. With, uh, with a lot of linemen who might not be in the starting lineup come this fall, although maybe they have a good enough spring that they could. Can they open running lanes for the running backs tomorrow? I think that's going to be really interesting. Obviously, you want to see if somebody steps up. want to watch Landon King. I really do. I want to see Landon King, how he performs at receiver. Chick Dawson.
2: Yep. Want to, want to, want to, see our guy Chick out there, uh, you know, uh, making some, uh, making some plays and, and some of the receivers that we've never seen, uh, you know, before. That, that's, uh, is, is, is Jay, Jay Fair's going to be? Yes. Uh, you know, making, making his debut. This is a guy yeah, who. I believe
0: everybody, uh, as far as I know, all, all the, all the, uh, res, the scholarship receivers are healthy for the game, for the, uh, for the 8 a game tomorrow. Yeah.
2: Look, looking forward to it. is that include, does that include JJ Evans? No. Okay, so almost I forget uh, about. Uh, it. Yeah, I, I know. So I was going to say that's the the only thing that would all surprise ones, me.
0: All the ones that we talked
2: about. Right. All. all <laughs> the only reason that I was surprised by that statement was because you said yeah, all. Well, sc- I meant like Var Javari is right. Is, is, there you, you know, go. Should be good to go. Yeah, Var Chick Shed and uh, and and the and the whole gang should be. J and the J. Yeah. the Landed
0: needs a a one king a one
2: word. Yeah. Lanny. <laughs> Land. Land. All right. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Den. So you've got Denny. So you've got, no, you've got uh, yeah, a whole, uh, a whole crop of, of, uh, of pass catchers. And I mean, between the receivers and the tight ends, I mean, that's, that's something that it's going to be hard not to be paying attention to. If you're in attendance tomorrow for a day. Yeah. Looking what? forward to it. And we're going to talk with John Samuel Shanker at some point next week. Part of tiger takes courtesy of Auburn university credit union. We're going to talk with John Samuel about how a day went and, uh, Everything else going on this offseason. That sounds good, he's a Braves. Brian. He's a Braves guy. We talked some baseball with him, too. Oh, yeah, you're right. Brian Matthews,
0: speaking of Braves, guys. Brian is as well. Brian Matthews joins us on Monday. We hope you will as well. Have a great weekend, everybody. We are out of here.